Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, you are now children of God because you have put your trust in Christ Jesus. Amen. Galatians 3.26. All right, my brothers and sisters, listen. I got to bring you this text of scripture before we get started. Because you see, Jude understood exactly what was going on then as he was warning the brothers. And he is warning us today because, my friend... As we are going to read, some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live in moral lives. And I say, God forbid. God forbid, beloved. So listen. Let us come over here to Jude 1. Well, there's only one book, but starting in verse 1, listen, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I am writing to all who have been called by God the Father who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Amen. And then Jude is about to tell us about the danger of false teachers. Because beloved, hold up, hold up, hold the phone. Let me just back this train up real quick. What we talking about today, well, those who teach 
twisted doctrine will go straight to the lake of fire. Yes, they will. So that's the focus today. So getting back over here to Jude, verse 3. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live in moral lives. The condemnation of such people were recorded long ago, for they have denied our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, beloved, listen. So I want to remind you, Though you already know these things that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Amen. So, beloved, let me pause right here for a moment. I keep expressing to you all on the podcast that God ain't playing with this lake of fire. Not at all. We all can still get it if we do not remain faithful and obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And some, obviously, who thinks he's playing, abandon Jesus. Mm -hmm. They went out on their own, started all of these apostate denominational churches, broke themselves off from the head, Jesus Christ, and they set up their own church with their own doctrines and traditions and commandments of men. Beloved, we cannot we cannot be sitting up under these ungodly ones. 
So getting back over here to Jude, because listen, I love it that we have these warnings because otherwise we will keep falling for the okie doke that we can live however we want and still go to heaven. Yes, by God's grace, I'm not leaving this alone. You want to know why? Because many well-meaning followers of Jesus is finding themselves in this trap called eternal security. And if you look at their lives, not in condemnation, but in observation by what's literally coming out of their mouths, what's really in their hearts come out of their mouths. And so they put it on display how they are truly living. And so when correction comes their way, the first thing they harp on, but we have God's grace. Yes, we do praise him for his amazing, wonderful grace. But we do not take advantage of his mercy by staying in anything, pick a sin, staying in anything that he has deemed in his word to be unholy, ungodly, and unrighteous. And if we are living in anything that will Yes, Holy Spirit, disqualify us from inheriting the kingdom. Well, we come out of it. We don't make excuses for it. We don't try to justify it. We most certainly do not pull out the 516 scriptures you have on the children of God has eternal life. And yet you still in sin and you have said you are not coming out of it because God's grace has forgiven you. You believe you are, are clean, cleared, and okay. That's the best way I can say it, that you and God are okay. Even, even in your adultery, even in your fornication and your weed smoking and your lying and your stealing and your gossip and your slandering. Uh-uh. You're not, beloved. And as the Holy Spirit keeps inspiring me, to bring these exhortations that we must come out from wolves in sheep's clothing with all of their clever lies. And we must live clean and holy. We must repent, turn from 
all wickedness, turn from all unrighteous behavior, and turn to God. Yes. So, back over here. Because we are going to be looking at why it is so dangerous and to your eternal detriment that if we continue to sit up under these ungodly ones, we too shall share in their punishment. Yes. So, back over here to Jude. Verse 8. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives. Yes, they do. Not only that, but they defy authority and scoff as supernatural beings. But even Michael... One of the mightiest of the angels did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. But these people scoff at things they do not understand. Amen. With with all of their, I bind you, devil. I rebuke you, Satan. I, I loose you from my finances. I bind, I rebuke, I decree and declare. And heaven is like, what y'all doing? Only the Lord rebukes Satan. We, listen, yes, Holy Spirit, you right. Children of God ain't got no business whatsoever speaking to the devil. We resist him. We don't decree and declare, I bind you, devil. No. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, forgive us in our ignorance. For every single time that we rebuke the devil, that we bound, bound him and loosed him, forgive us, Father. Forgive us. We repent in the name of Christ Jesus. So, verse 10. But these people... Okay, scoff at things they do not understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother, like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Beloved, remember who we talking about. False teachers. And we better know how to recognize them and stop defending them. 
Nowhere in the scriptures are we told to pray for them. We pray that everyone comes to their senses and repent. But because you love your favorite bishop and pastor, you keep saying, well, all we got to do is just pray for them. Listen, the, listen, okay? Because see, this is where we keep missing it. These people have left Jesus. Jude is telling us they are ungodly. They intentionally distort the doctrine of grace. They are not your friend. They are, in fact, your enemy because they are keeping you on the broad way. That's why they do not preach on sin. They do not preach on hell. They do not convict you through the word of God that how you are living is not pleasing to God. And if you don't stop it, and if you don't turn, you're gonna burn. They ain't teaching none of that. You want to know why? They are too busy. They are too busy digging in your pockets. Yes, that's the problem. So, what sorrow, verse 11 in the book of Jude, what sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother like Balaam. They deceive people for money and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Amen. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, oh my goodness, it's a mess. It's a hot mess. Here these people are eating with you, celebrating the Lord's love. But Jude is like, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you, beloved. They are like shameless shepherds. Ooh, I got to remember that term. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. See, beloved, there's no need in arguing with us when we can see clearly the problem is you can't see the wolf that's right before your eyes. Listen, they are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. Listen, they are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead. Beloved, the Bible is telling us these people are useless to us. They serve no purpose in our salvation whatsoever. They are like wild waves of the sea, 
churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars, doomed forever to blackest darkness. Amen. I told you. Those who teach false doctrine with no shame, chasing after filthy lucre, will their destruction has already been prophesied. They are doomed forever to blackest darkness. Amen. Listen, verse 14, Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. See, beloved, I want, I keep saying see, so that you will open up your eyes and see. One saved, always saved, is damnable. Destructive. And it has sent many people straight to a burning hell. And those who have taught it. I don't know where that soul is. But if they went to the grave still preaching false doctrine. They didn't make it. I know you love this pastor for 50, 60, 100 years. And you can't ever imagine him not being in heaven waiting for you. Oh, Father, have mercy. Even Enoch, way back when, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam... He prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones. Yeah, in flaming fire. I told you, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9, because verse 7 was leading us off with this information that Enoch prophesied about that when Christ returns with his angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance. And so Jude is reminding us what Enoch has said. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones. To execute judgment on the people of the world. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Amen. Listen. These people, again, he's talking about these false teachers that keep on tickling your ear about a one saved, you always saved. No, you're not. Not living the, the reckless, 
disobedient, rebellious life you are living, you and God have no relationship. I'm here to break it to you and warn you as a testifying witness of the Lord Jesus Christ who have sent me to tell the people they must turn from their wicked ways. Because when he returns, he will have his reward with him and he is going to give, like the scripture is telling us, every last single person a reward for the good and for the bad they have done. Beloved, listen, there's an urgency that must be recognized. We must be ready to meet the the king of glory. Are you prepared? Because see, I keep asking myself, Cynthia, are you prepared? All of us in the body of Christ must be ready when our bridegroom returns. So this is not about condemnation, self-righteousness, who you think you are. We all sin. Don't you sin? Stop it. It is so not about none of that because none of that is going to matter when Jesus Christ cracks open up that firmament or you and I go by the way of the grave. Either way, we will stand in his presence. And then what? Because you see, that's what you need to be focusing on rather Rather than calling someone self-righteous, who, who, who do you think you are, Jesus? No. I'm a witness. We must be ready and stand faithful until the end. And leave these false teachers alone. It is not mandatory. It is not a commandment. Nor is it essential requirement that we attend church. Especially these apostate churches. And they can bend and twist Hebrews 10.24 until it is shaped into a pretzel. We are not commanded to go to church. If you happen to find a God-fearing, Christ-centered church, wonderful. But you got to look real hard for that. Get me started. Listen, these people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves. Yes, they do. And they flatter others to get what they want. Listen, Jude is giving us a call to remain faithful. Amen. Verse 17, but you, my dear friends, 
must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts. Why? Why, beloved? Well, Jude, praise the living God, is about to tell us. It is because they do not have God's spirit in them. Amen. Listen, beloved, I'm, I'm here to break this one to you as well. Not everyone in the, standing in these pulpits are men of God, women of God. Their spirit, God's spirit is not in them. Listen. This is not my personal observation where I'm condemning. I'm only agreeing because I have witnessed by sitting up under wolves and sheep's clothing. I didn't understand it then, but I recognize and understand it today. These people do not have God's spirit in them. Point blank, put a period. Verse 20, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Amen. But that damnable one saved, always saved, tells you, you have eternal life now, even before Jesus Christ returns to bring it to us. <sighs> Beloved, if we already have glorification, when we bypass sanctification, it's no wonder why people, why people who claim Jesus' name are still in sin because of such teachings like that. They do not see a need to live clean and holy and to live godly, repentive lives. For what? If they're past present and future sins have all been rolled up into one big ball and nailed to the cross. Why live holy? I'm going to heaven anyway. I have eternal security, so I can't sleep around. I don't have to come out of this adulterous remarriage, although I have a living covenant spouse. I can still drink like a drunkard. I can still smoke my weed and cigarettes. I can still dress and act like a harlot. I can still be abusive. 
I can still lie and steal and be covetous. I don't have to live a holy, sanctifying life. Because I'm good to go. What's the point? Listen, let me enjoy my time now. And then we can face glory together. No, we won't. No, 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 ma'am. No, my brother. No, we won't. Not living like that. Banking on the teachings of mere mortals rather than putting your face in God's word and studying what he taught us. That if you don't repent, you're going to perish. Because the Lord Jesus says, why call, listen, why call me Lord when you do not do as I say? What's the point of even saying Jesus is your Lord and Savior? But then as he taught his disciples and now they are teaching us what Christ taught them. Now we have a problem. Beloved, there's no problem. Uh -uh. Not if you have been, because see, this is another tenet. Not if you have been truly born again. We love to obey. It is not a burden for us to do what the Lord tells us to do. Because when he returns, he's coming with eternal life. Now, he did say that eternal life is this. That we know him and we know the father. But to inherit his kingdom and live with him and not be tormented in the lake of fire, we must hold our position and remain faithful to him. Remain abiding in him. That means have close fellowship with him. He in you and you in him and the father is in all. Okay. Okay. All right, beloved. My brothers and sisters, listen. Okay. Everybody just calm down. Calm down. Like we were discussing in the previous episode. Do not let anybody talk you out of your salvation with any high sounding nonsense about how you can live however you want and still get to go to heaven. And these are they who claim they love God. But the Bible says this is love. That we walk in accordance with his commandments and, and are guided continually by his precepts. Amen. Well, Jude just finished telling us these people don't even have God's spirit living on the inside of them. Therefore, it is impossible for them to love God and to Follow, listen, and obey all of his instructions. And 
if he or she has been have been sent by Jesus to edify and and equip the body, then they will be telling us exactly what Jude is instructing and enlightening and warning us of. It's just that simple, beloved. There are actually people who teach and exhort God's holy word that truly love him and love the brethren enough to Tell you to your face that if you don't stop living a wayward, ungodly life, you're gonna perish. Amen. Bless you, Holy Spirit. So, John, the bond servant of Christ, is over here in the book of 2 John telling us what love is. That we walk in accordance with his commandments and are guided continually by his precepts. Amen. He's also, he also tells us about this same love for God over there in 1 John 5, 3. For the true love of God is this, that we habitually keep his commandments and remain focused on his precepts and his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. Amen. Because beloved, there is great distortion and deception about what love is, where it comes to holy God. There is a faction coming out of apostate churches all around the world that loving God is all about giving him lip service, bringing him your tithes and offerings. It's all about a pagan Christmas and Easter. It's all about professing Jesus with your mouth. But hearts, deceived hearts, rebellious hearts are far, very far away from him. Look at what the scriptures say over here in Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth. And honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. Look at Ezekiel 33:31. And they come to you as people come, and they sit before you as my people. And they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths they act. Their heart is set on their gain. Amen. Cuz look, over here in Matthew 15, 7, right? 
the Lord Jesus is quoting Isaiah 29, 13. When he prophesied about this madness, the Lord Jesus says, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you. When he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me in vain. Do they worship me teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. Beloved, they make these religious hypocrites, both then and today, make the word of God of none effect if they keep shoveling their teachings, their commandments, all of their doctrines of devils down our throats. Well, it's no wonder we are not heeding and following the actual word of God. And what scriptures they do pull out from the Holy Bible, it is twisted. It is taken out of context. It is distorted. And we must understand the difference. Because the Lord made it made it plain over there in Matthew. What I say? Hold on a second. Matthew 15, verses 7 to 9. Oh, beloved. These are they that outer darkness is reserved for. Mm-hmm. Those who teach twisted doctrine will be thrown into the lake of fire. Listen, their destruction will not be delayed. Don't believe me? Well, let's go to the scriptures to know and recognize these fakes, these imposters and lying spirits who twist and distort doctrine and the grace of our God into a lie. Viewing and teaching grace as an opportunity to do whatever the people want to do and them. That's why, yes, Holy Spirit, this is why we see this movement called hyper grace. That's all they want to talk about. Grace, grace, and more grace. Failing to swing you over there by Titus 2.11 to find out what this grace is all about and what it truly teaches. Because their distortion of grace is that, in fact, I'm going to say it again, that you can live however you want because God is just so loving and so compassionate and so generous. He did it all for you. Which is true, but do we take it as a license to keep on sinning? You're mocking God. At this point, it is mockery, and you're not and you are not going to get away with it. But beloved, think with my bell. No. 
wake up? Do you honestly think that we can live a life of sin claiming the name and still make it into the kingdom? Somebody please send me an email and tell me, well, yes, we can. Because see, we need to have ourselves a conversation to decide because who's been telling you that? Well, because you see, in the Bible, we see eternal life. No man can pluck us out of Jesus' hand. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Your sin can and will. Your current, present, present, unconfessed, unrepented sin will most certainly separate you. Over here, or over there, in the book of 2 John, verse 7, I know what I was saying. I was, I was talking about how these false teachers, right, how they view grace as an opportunity to do whatever they want, right? Well... John, over here in the book of 2 John, verse 7, for many deceivers, heretics, posing as Christians, have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge and confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh bodily form, this person, the kind who does this, is the deceiver and the antichrist, little a. That is the antagonist of Christ. Listen, beloved, John is not referring to the antichrist of Revelation, but is using the term generally of anyone who is opposed to the cause of Christ. Amen. So he warns us in verse 8 of 2 John. Where are we at? 2 John. Hold on. I was right. In the book of 2 John, because it's just one, one chapter. So he warns us over here in 2 John, verse 8. He's telling us, watch yourselves so that you do not lose what we have accomplished together but that you may receive a full and perfect reward when he grants rewards to whom faithful believers it's right here beloved yes holy spirit it's been right here the whole time all we had to do was to pick it up for ourselves and study it. Rewards come after having been a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch yourselves so that you do not lose what we have accomplished together, but that you may receive 
that you may receive a full and perfect reward when he grants rewards to faithful believers. Verse 9, anyone who runs on ahead and does not remain in the doctrine of Christ, that is one who is not content with what he taught, listen, does not have God. Oh, beloved, make no mistake. This one is not content with what Christ has taught. But the one who continues to remain in the teaching of Christ does have God. He has both the Father and the Son. See, beloved, it's written right here for us. And we must recognize those who do not teach the teachings and doctrines of Christ. They are not of God. Because John just told us they are not content. Yes, Holy Spirit, they are not satisfied with Christ's teachings. They take, obviously, great exception to it. You want to know why? Because <laughs> they are not of God. Therefore, they won't be in agreement with the Son. And this is where you get so many denominations that have different beliefs. Some believe in Christ, some don't. Some have a, a distorted view of him. Some don't believe in resurrection. Some do. Some don't believe that once you die, you stand in the presence of God. Some believe soul sleep. Some believe this. Some believe that a little, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. At the end of the day, it is none of it is of God. None of it. And I don't care how many decades, centuries they have been in existence. No, there's only one church, one body. Now, they, there may be obviously different locations where, where we would meet up in fellowship. But it is still called... The church of Jesus Christ, not someone's name, not a denomination, not something that you came up and named this as you call it a church. But the Bible calls this a cult, a sect. Mm -mm. It can't be like with the first century church where people met up at people's homes and that, but we had to the glory of God, we have increased. So all, how many billions of us cannot all fit in my living room, can't fit in your living room. So if we want to get together, let's rent out a facility, a conference room, a building, what have you. And then we all meet there and we, we talk and teach in the doctrines of Christ Jesus. Not none of these man-made traditions and theories and commandments. 
none of that mess. Let's do what the early church did. They taught and worshipped in the doctrines of Christ. His teachings. Not nothing that came out of their own mind thinkings that were contrary to what Christ taught. They are teaching us what Christ taught them. And this is the pattern. Yes, Holy Spirit, this is the pattern that we fellowship and teach and exalt and share with one another what Christ has always been teaching and his teachings alone where division and factions and heresies comes into play is because instead of sitting and adhering to his teachings in the four gospels and the writings of the apostles, they had us on some other teaching about a pre-trib rapture, about a once saved, always saved, about hyper grace, about tithing, receiving blessings. If you bring God money, he's going to give it back to you. All of this prosperity, all of this motivational speaking. You can have your best life now. Do you be you? You can have whatever you say. Just manifest it. Like, that's not what Jesus taught. Not at all. And then what they do is, is, is pepper in his name along the way. Meanwhile, they got their hands in your back pocket, just robbing and fleecing you and sending you straight to a burning hell right along with the rest of them. No, beloved. Mm -mm, break away. I'm telling you, break away, break away. So back over here to Second John. Where were we? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick it up in verse 9. Anyone who runs on ahead and does not remain in the doctrine of Christ, that is one who is not content with what he taught, does not have God. But the one who continues to remain in the teaching of Christ does have God. He has both the Father and the Son. Amen. Verses 10 to 11. Now listen to this. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, but diminishes or adds to the doctrine of Christ, do not receive or welcome him into your house and do not give him a greeting or any encouragement. Listen, for the one who gives him a greeting, who encourages him or wishes him success unwittingly participates in his evil deeds. Okay. Amen. Well, like I said, let us go over to some scriptures. I know this is one of them cracking open up your Bible days today. Because we need to know and recognize these fakes. Yep. We got to know what we're doing. 
when we are sitting up under anyone teaching us God's holy word. Because not all have been sent by Jesus Christ. Not all have been given the gifts. As we say, the fivefold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Mm-hmm. Listen, many are not coming in Jesus' name, but their own. And they're coming with their own traditions, their own commandments, their own doctrines of devils, and filled to the brim with seducing spirits. They are worldly, sensual, deceitful, and full of sin, beloved. So, we must know who we are dealing with, especially in this last hour. I keep telling you all, Christ Jesus, like he said in his word in Revelation 22, 11, because beloved, he's given us the final invitation to come to him now. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. You may not be living tomorrow. I may not be living tomorrow. Listen to what he says. Starting in verse 11 of Revelation 22. You know what? Complete sidebar. I was talking to. Never mind. I'll save that for another day. Listen. Listen to what he says in verse 11 of Revelation 22. Because he was telling John. Who was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Where the revelation of Jesus Christ was given to him. John is telling us in verse 10 of Revelation 22. That the Lord Jesus said to him. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book. For the time of their fulfillment is near. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let the one. Listen to verse 11. This is what the Lord Jesus is saying. Because yes, Holy Spirit. Listen. We now hear me when I say this. Okay. We could put Christ Jesus up on a pedestal and just worship him all the day long. But if we are not obeying him. Some of you do not even understand this side of him like we about to read over here in verse 11. Okay. Yes, I agree. He is wonderful. He died for our sins. He took the, listen, he took the punishment that was rightly due to us because of his atoning sacrificial offering of his body God's wrath is no longer upon us because we put our faith in Jesus Christ so for us he is everything to us and the way we live we live our lives in appreciation and gratitude for what he's done for us 
So, I don't know about you all, but I be feeling some kind of way when they want to water down his full counsel. Listen, verse 11, Revelation 22. Christ Jesus says, let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy, vile, impure, still be filthy. And the one who is righteous, just, upright, still be righteous. And the one who is holy, still be holy. Amen. So stop telling me, stop running up on me, claiming you are in the body of Christ and yet you want me and others to water down the warning? Christ Jesus is not playing. He's saying, fine, let those listen. Because we don't have to argue and fight and fuss with no one. But because we love the brethren, we do go all out in encouragement, excitation, and sometimes that hammer just got to fall to alert you to the fact Christ Jesus is returning. And some of y'all can scoff at his coming if you want to claim his name, claiming that you serve in ministry and you're going to argue about, well, Soon means soon as what? What do you mean as what? Because they assume that when we say Christ is coming soon, that we are fixing a date. No, we are not. None of us are saying Christ is coming back January 15, 2025 at the stroke of midnight. We saying he's coming soon because he said he's coming soon. So that means be ready at whatever hour. Just, yes, Holy Spirit, just like the five wise virgins. They didn't know the exact time that the bridegroom was coming, but they knew enough to keep their lamps filled with oil because he can come at any moment. And when he does come, they will be ready. They won't be like the five foolish virgins who had half the oil. And then when he was coming, they had to go out, buy some more oil because what they wanted was some of the oil of the ones who were ready. And they said, uh-uh, <laughs> no, no ma'am. Because if we give you some, we won't have enough for us. You should have been ready. Now, I'm paraphrasing. Y'all go over there in the Gospels and study about who was ready and who was playing. Yeah. So, because verse 12, Revelation 22, Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds earthly works faithfulness i am the alpha and the omega the first and the last the beginning and the end the eternal one amen i gotta give you verse 14 blessed happy 
prosperous, to be admired, are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in him, the righteous who do his commandments. Amen. So that they, okay, they who, the ones who have washed their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in him. Uh-huh. So that they, not you over there playing in sin, claiming the name and abusing grace. So that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Amen. Beloved, listen, I'm, I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of playing games. There is no reason why all of us should not be on board. We must live clean and holy. We must live in obedience to Christ. We have washed our robes in the blood of Christ. How? By believing and trusting in him. Not walking half-hearted, not walking rebellious and stiff-necked and obstinate, acting like you got a problem because you got to put some clothes on, sis. No, beloved. Listen. Okay. Because he went on to say in verse 15, I'm telling you, our Lord is pulling no punches. It is his will that no one should perish, but many are perishing and they're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Because he's telling us in verse 15, outside, outside of where? The kingdom gates. Outside are the dogs, the godless, the impure. Those of low moral character. And the sorcerers mm -hmm, with their intoxicating drugs and magic arts. And the immoral persons, the perverted, the molesters, and the adulterers, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. Everyone, from the pulpit to the pews. Well, he says, and everyone who loves and practices lying, deception, cheating. Amen. So, let's see what Isaiah 66 says about this outside place where the ungodly will be tormented in. Beloved, it's that lake of fire. Look, Isaiah 66, 23, 23 to 24. All people will come to worship me every Sabbath and every new and every new moon, says the Lord. They will go out and see 
the dead bodies of the people who sinned against me. The worms that eat them will never die and the fires that burn them will never stop. And everyone will hate to see those bodies. Amen. Are you not hearing this, beloved? The worms eating those bodies will never die. And the fires burning them will never go out. It will be horrible to anyone who sees it. Everyone who sees what's happened and smells the stench are going to want to throw up. They are going to gag with horrible dry heaves at what they are looking at. Are you not understanding? All who pass by will view them with utter horror. Yes, and not only for those who teach and distort Christ's doctrine will face this fate. It will be for anyone who does not repent and follow Jesus. Oh, beloved, listen, let us head back over to the book of 1 John. Because in chapter 4, John is giving us exhortation about discerning false prophets. Yes, beloved, we got to test these spirits to see who's who. Yes, listen, starting in verse 1, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Stop right there. Stop calling these people men of God, women of God, just because they claim they are coming in Jesus' name with prophecy. Hold up, slow your roll, sit back and watch. Instead of yelling, prophesy, prophesy. No, no, prophesy. This person is living in adultery. Just got married and have a living spouse. But you keep talking about prophesy, prophet, prophesy. Oh, beloved, do not believe everyone who claims, yes, Holy Spirit, to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there, listen, for there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Amen. Verse 4, but you belong to God. 
my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people, listen, John is telling us we better start testing these spirits claiming they are from God when in fact they are not. Listen to what they are actually talking about Jesus. Not about prosperity, not about blessings, not about you having houses, cars, and lands, and a new man. No. What they saying about Jesus, that's all I want to hear. What you talking about Jesus? Because if you telling me how Jesus is my ticket to the good life, you're done. You're done. There ain't nothing you else got to say to me. Uh-uh. So, yes, Holy Spirit. And it took a while for me to understand that. So, what it says here? Where we at? First John chapter 4, right? Verse 4. Did I read that? Well, I'm going to read it again. If I already read it, I'm going to read it again. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to to them but we belong to God amen and those who know God listen to us yes if they do not belong to God they do not listen to us point blank put a period that is how we know if someone has the spirit capital S of truth or the spirit of deception. Amen. A great big old amen. Beloved, listen. Let me give you 10 verses. I told you, yes, it is cracking up open the Bible day today. Let me give you 10 verses on the dangers of false doctrine. And to avoid those who teach it. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 14. Hold on, let me, because my phone want to act up. Listen, Ephesians 4, 14. As a result, we are, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Amen. First Timothy 1, 18 to 20. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith. 
and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymenius and Alexander. Yep, Paul is naming names. So we too can name names. Whom I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. Amen. Uh-huh. Second Timothy 2, 16 to 18. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are, here we go, Hymenius and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and they upset the and they upset the faith of some. Amen. Yeah, with all of this false doctrine. See, beloved, Paul is calling them what they teach is, is spreading like gangrene. Titus 1, 10 through 11. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. See, beloved, it's some things these false teachers ought not to be even teaching, but they are doing it for filthy lucre. Paul says it, sordid gain. Oh, beloved. Hebrews 13, 9. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, beloved. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. Amen. The writers of Hebrews is telling us, don't be carried away by all of these strange teachings, especially where it comes to food. Certain foods you can't eat. You got to be a vegan. You can't eat shellfish. You can't eat pork. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. Uh-uh. Through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. So what was the point? Exactly. Second, Second Peter 3.17 You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away. Oh, beloved, it's so easy to be carried away by the newest, trendiest, latest fad circum circulating around the body of Christ. Pick one. Mm -mm. Be on your guard. And my phone stopped acting up. I can finish out the scripture. <sighs> Hold on a 
Hold on. Phone. Do you not know I'm trying to record a podcast and you over here cutting up? What I say? Second Peter 3.17 You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall. <sighs> okay, beloved. Okay, sometime today, phone. Listen. And be... Okay, you know what? I'm done. See, what I'm going to start doing is just writing these down. And don't be carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. See, beloved, you can fall from grace. Especially when you're sitting up under these false teachers with, with all of their once saved, always saved, hyper grace, hyper grace. Oh, beloved, listen, if I remember, because see, I'd be forgetting to do this. I'm going to put a link to those 10 scriptures about the dangers of false doctrines. And not to mention deception through false teachers. I'm not going to trust my phone that it will open up like it got some sense. See, it don't have any sense. So I'm, I'm going to put those links in the description box. Beloved, please, please, please let us study and meditate on those scriptures so that we are not led astray by the Hymenaeus, Philetus, and Alexander's. That are still running around spreading gangrene among the body. But, but, but then Paul says that he he turned them over to Satan. So maybe they can come to their senses. Beloved, in closing. Okay. In closing. Correct and sound doctrine is crucial to salvation. And to growth in spiritual maturity. It comes as no surprise that our Heavenly Father warns us many times in Scripture to be aware of false teaching. Those of us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ need to be able to recognize false teachers in order to know when they are being led down a path that he did not intend for us to even venture on. We've touched on those scriptures because there are many others about what the Bible says about false teachers and how we are to avoid them. Least we suffer. In their punishment. God speaks harshly. He speaks harshly against false prophets. Against occult practices. And other means of sorcery. 
He describes a false prophet as one who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded. Or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods with a little g. We see this in Deuteronomy 18.20. In Jeremiah 14.14, the Lord God says, These evildoers prophesy lies, offering false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. Amen. And beloved, we got to know whether or not these individuals have the spirit of truth in them or the spirit of deception. And if you do not know this word, you will be deceived. And don't let them twist it and take it out of context. At this point, we got to read the whole book. Not even a verse or two above and below. We got to read the whole book at this point because the great apostasy is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And with all of this technology... All of this AI satanic technology, holding sermons, writing sermons, as if they are speaking the mind of God. Absolutely not. I believe I read somewhere, I forget what Luciferian Illuminati uh, faction wants to rewrite the Bible. For what? You hate Jesus. Why are you messing around in his word? You want to know why? The great apostasy. I'm telling you, beloved, it may just come to a point where we just got to start memorizing a whole bunch of scriptures. Mm. Yeah. So, let me leave you all with Colossians chapter 2. Because... Like I've been saying the whole time today, we got to know what some of these false teachings are that are pulling us away from our Lord and Master and His teachings. Let me see if my phone wanna wanna act right. Listen, Romans sixteen eighteen. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm done. I'm done with this phone. You know what? I'm just going to just leave these links below. Okay? So, Colossians chapter 2. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Listen, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea, and for many other believers who have met me, who have never met me personally, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Amen. 
in him lie hidden all the treasures, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this. So no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Amen. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Amen. Beloved, Colossians 1, 6 must be in the forefront of our minds. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. You were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Amen. I love verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. Rather than from Christ. Amen. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Who is the head over every ruler and authority. Listen verse 11. Colossians 1. When you came to Christ you were circumcised. But but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. The cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Amen. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Amen. And no, beloved, before, because this is sadly a proof text that those who teach once saved, always saved, and especially about how your past, present, and future sins have all been taken care of. They come over here to Colossians 1.13. You, uh, no, Colossians 1.14. He canceled the record of the charges. No, no, like I said, verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because 
your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. Beloved, Paul was not teaching a doctrine about future sins being nailed to the cross. He's saying when we came to Christ, when we came to Christ, all that sin that we brought with us to Christ, all of that sin was nailed to the cross. And going forward, we sin no more. But if we do sin, we do have an advocate, but we don't take that as a license to keep on sinning. And this is where your wolves in sheep's clothing come into the story, tickling your ears. Yeah. So, come down to verse 16, and then I'm going to let y'all go. So, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality to come. And Christ himself is that reality. And guess what, beloved? He came. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had a vision about, uh, <clears throat> saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud and they are not, listen, they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Amen. These false teachers, again, are not connected whatsoever to the head, Jesus Christ. They have broken off. That's what a faction is. They've gone their separate way. Verse 20. You have died with Christ. And he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Amen. Y'all can finish out the chapter down to verse 23. So beloved. What is the takeaway of today's exhortation? It is those who teach twisted doctrine will go straight to the lake of fire. It has been prophesied already. By whom? Enoch. In the seventh generation from Adam. He done already told us. Father. In the name of Christ Jesus. This is a mess. It's a mess. But. There's hope. Christ Jesus is coming back. 
And we must, as your obedient children, hallowed be thy name, we love you. We must remain faithful and we must remain obedient. There is absolutely no reason why we should be complaining about your commandments. Because without them, Father, truth be told, we will be off the rails. I know I would be. I need, I need every bit of this good, wonderful word in my life. Because for by it, I live. I love my Lord. He died for me. And if he is warning me about these false teachers, well, I'm going to listen. I am going to listen and share with the brethren what thus saith the Lord. Oh, Father, we, we cannot be deceived in these last days. There are so many strange voices vying for the attention of your children. They are not trying to save souls, not at all. They are running after sordid gain, filthy lucre. Woe to them, Father. Judgment is coming upon them. If they, if they do not repent. Father, we just read over here in Jude, verse 14. It was about these people that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied. When he said, look, the Lord came with myriads of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly deeds they have done in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh and cruel things ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are habitual murmurers, griping and complaining following after their own desires controlled by passion. They speak arrogantly, pretending admiration and flattering people to gain an advantage. Oh, Father, these are the ones who are causing divisions. Worldly-minded. These are they who are secular, unspiritual, carnal, sensual, unsaved. They are devoid of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Father. As we await and look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, Who brings us eternal life. May we remain close to him. As we await 
what he has in store for us. We shall have mercy on those who are perishing. And may they repent when they hear this great good news that you have made a way for sinners to be made right with you. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and henceforth walk in obedience, yes, we shall have eternal life. We don't have it because Christ has not returned. But we can experience eternal life by knowing you better and better and walking in sanctification every single day. Being taught how to be holy and righteous and be prepared for the bridegroom is coming. As sure as my name is Cynthia Smalls, Christ Jesus is coming. Glory be to you, Father. We give you honor today. We give you glory. We lift your name on high, Father. Hallowed be thy holy, righteous, good name. Bless you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the most high God. Who saved a wretch like me. I was blind, but now I see. Glory be to his holy name. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived, beloved. God won't be mocked. Be not deceived, beloved. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Bad company will always corrupt your good morals. I beseech you, beloved, come up out of these apostate churches and sit with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not commanded. To have a church home. You are not commanded. To have a spiritual covering. That's a tradition. And commandment. Of ungodly. Unsaved men. Amen. Amen. Lord willing. Until next time beloved. I should be speaking to you all soon. Praise the Lamb of God. Speak to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.